0: Hello and welcome to the 98th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, where I talk about, read about, write about, dream about, amongst other things, video games, video games, and video games. Um, I am joined tonight by my um, usual group of podcasting buddies as well as a special guest. Um, Philippe Maynard, is it Maynard? Please say yes.
1: It's it's very accurate for an American. Thank you very <laughs>
2: much. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. For American. For an American. Yeah. For come on. <laughs> you can call me
1: Phil, it's a lot easier.
0: Okay. So uh, and Phil is going to uh, Phil's from Ubisoft Montreal. That's why he's teasing us about being Americans. That's okay. We
2: tease us. We tease ourselves about being Americans, Um, especially right now. I would quibble with wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, but well, yes, we are in Indiana, where they're passing all kinds of hateful legislation. But that's a whole other story.
0: and Phil is talking to us tonight about depression and mental illness in gamers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, amongst some other fun stuff. Um, and
1: it's not going to be it's not going to be downer or or, or or dull. We'll make it fun and and, and happy. Yay! <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: okay,
0: so we'll do our usual, and we'll start with the fun stuff, which is um, what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. Um, and then we'll have quick news, uh, and then we'll get into talking to Phil more in-depth and do a, a more in-depth <clears throat> in intro at that point. So, uh, and Phil, since sure a guest, we're going to ask you to go first. What are you playing?
1: Um, video game-wise, I've been playing Tales of Borderlands this week. Uh, I finished episode one uh, last week, and I started up with episode two, and I love this game.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I haven't played a lot of the Telltale games yet, uh, I started Walking Dead, and, and really those, those, those choices completely killed me. So uh, I wasn't so sure it would be the same kind of approach to Tales of the Borderlands, and they're not. It's they're just a different approach to it, and I don't want to spoil anything, so, it's, mm-hmm. so I'm going to do the thing where I say, oh, did you see the part where that guy from that other game says that thing? So, um, no, I really like that. Um, I'm in between projects at Ubisoft, and when that happens, they let you play video games on Steam. So I no, okay. I I picked up Life uh, 2 Episode 2 again. I really want to finish that game. It's been years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm also playing this game uh, both on the I uh, on iPad and uh on my uh on, on my Steam account called Sentinels of the Multiverse. It's a, it's an adaptation of a board game where you play super it's a card game where you play superheroes uh, fighting villains in a specific environment and all of those are randomly selected and it's it's pretty cool. That's um cool. There was a Steam sale last week for uh, Sega, and I bought a game called, I think it's Valkyria Chronicles, it's a GRPG, G- and mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty cool. So those are all the video games I've been playing uh, that are worth mentioning. I played a bunch of roguelikes too, but, and I think it'd be too long to name them all. <laughs> I really like playing video games.
2: Oh, cool. Well, well, you're in the right place, man. Yeah, you are I don't on all know, levels.
4: Oh, I was gonna and, say, we, and, don't, we
1: don't and, like video games. Yeah, and I, we, I, uh, my girlfriend and I also finished Borderlands 2 last week, um. and that was an awesome 20, 30 hours well spent.
0: <laughs> nice. Um, so you said those are the video games you're playing, and you a big, and uh, you but you you do uh, you were playing D and D tabletop, or you yeah, a big board game too? Or? I've
1: I've been playing and running D and D games for the last 32 years or so, and um I have a I have a by is it like every two weeks? Is that biweekly? No, right? Yes, it's biweekly. Yes, okay. So I have a biweekly group that's made up of players that some of them have been playing with me for the last 30 years. Uh, I've got friends that uh, I I made later. And uh, my uh, 13-year-old son joined us not so long ago. So it's a very eclectic group which whose age spread is 40 years. So it's <laughs> it's it's really interesting and it's really rich and the group really gels together. So we're having lots of fun with that.
2: Man, it's so much fun to be able to share your nerdom with your kids. Oh, you totally. the best. I love it.
1: It's really cool. It's like, so, so my my son Nico uh, is is really much the video game nerd, whereas my uh, do- my daughter Lori is a foodie and she loves to cook, which I also love to do. So we shared all those passions in parallel.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, because because uh, Alicia and I both have kids, and we have very nerdy kids. Um, her I have a six year old daughter, um, who loves JRPGs, um, Doctor Who. Um, board games, mm-hmm. uh, and not, not your Monopoly Game of Life kind of board games, but real board games. Um, <laughs> and then after she plays these things, um, she likes to, she's going to be a LARPer apparently, because when <laughs> our kids get together, we, we just bring out buckets of costumes, and they dress and mm-hmm. fight everything and
2: everyone. <laughs>
1: That's so, awesome. Yeah.
2: And my son just turned 7, and you better hurry up on your playthrough of Half-Life 2, Episode 2, because he's beaten all of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fine. So
2: you're getting shown up right now. Yep, totally. um, He He's like a little prodigy. Yeah, he but he doesn't, doesn't have 8
1: years of experience playing him. Think about that.
2: No, that's true.
0: <laughs> that's true. <laughs>
2: Not yet. Give him time. When he's
0: 15. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. So I guess I'll go next. I have to peek and look because I can't remember what I played. Um, well, <laughs> um, I know. Uh, more Destiny. Always more Destiny. Um, uh, Tales of Borderlands Episode 2. And I it, it had been a while since Episode 1 came out. So when Episode 2 came out, I started to play and I was like, now I remember. This game is so fucking funny. Um so, I've really been enjoying playing that, so I played episode two uh last week um life is strange episode two um I played and and have been living eating breathing drinking, thanks to uh, Alicia for the last couple of days yeah 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 um because I can't go anywhere without a game. I always carry my carry some kind of handheld system with me as well as well as my phone but that doesn't count because you know that's the phone but um. I've been playing Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask whenever I can. Um, And then, uh, was it last week? Last week when it came out, we got Mario Party 10. Um, It was the week before last because we were gone most of last week. But yeah, uh, we got Mario Party 10. So we were playing Mario Party 10. And my mother, um, who I think probably has played more video games since my daughter's been born that she's played <laughs> in her entire life um, was was visiting so we played lots of Mario Party 10 um, and it was a whole lot of fun my my mother did it under duress of course but you know she can't say no to her granddaughter so hey
3: there
0: you go <laughs> and that's what I played cool. uh let's see Ashley are you there
5: darling I'm here um I am playing "To the Moon." I started playing that thanks to Sam, and I am also I also uh, finished episode two of Life is Strange. And I haven't really been playing anything else because I'm down in New Orleans this week. So that is fun and exciting. And what are you doing in New Orleans? <laughs> I'm. I presented today at the Pop Culture Association. It's PCA ACA. So I presented on the first two Bioshock games. So very cool. It was um, hella nerve wracking but really neat. <laughs> I feel like I sound like Chloe. <laughs> hella Hello. Of that. Hello. Um so yeah, so that's what I've been uh, that's what I've been up to.
2: Gaming yeah. even when you ain't gaming. I know.
5: <laughs>
4: Charlotte, well, I played uh, *Life is Strange*, of course, and Phil, if you think the uh, decisions in *Walking Dead* are hard, <laughs> no kidding. Oh, you know? It's very stressful. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: Duly noted.
4: Oh my gosh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so it's,
1: so
4: so,
2: it's, so, it. it's so uneven. Parts of it are so good.
4: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's really good. It's just a that unlike Walking Dead or any Telltale game I've played, it's, uh, none of the decisions have really good outcomes. <laughs> so,
1: That's what makes them so heart wrenching. Yeah. 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 It's very,
4: very stressful. Um, I also played, uh, more Majora's mask, which was weird for me too, because I'd left it alone so long that when I picked it back up, I didn't remember what I was supposed to do.
3: Yeah.
4: And so I'm walking around waiting for my little, I forget what it's called, the little Tinkerbell thing to tell me something. And, uh,
1: what do you think it'd be interesting on a video game to have, sorry, but to have a previously in Majora's mask when you reload after a Super <laughs> right. right,
4: yeah, because yeah. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing now, I'm just walking. I wanted to be just like the voiceover from Lost, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would actually that would Whatever be you were great. playing. Yeah, I was totally lost. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, I figured it out like an hour later. but, um, And then I, I played through this really strange game called The Others. It was on the Kindle. And I thought it was going to be super cool because it sort of set up like this this toy making company is has suddenly gone away and it's all creepy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then it was really weird because it was it was sort of a cross between a, um, a point and click adventure, which I really like, and a hidden objects thing, which I really don't like. <laughs> mm-hmm. So to get to get certain pieces to carry on with the point and click, you had to do these stupid hidden object things, which makes me um, angry. And then, uh, and then it turned into some weird like science fiction thing. So, I don't know what I think about that game. But it kind of sounds like. Have you
0: ever played um, Siberia? I've
4: no, wanted to because you mentioned it before but yeah
0: it sounds like Siberia because you, you play uh, you, there's a female protagonist and you play this game because you are going to save this automaton factory mm-hmm. um, so there's lots of weird creepy automatons um around and there's lots of searching so it's not but it's not you know hidden object but definitely a whole lot of fun you should check it out yeah you should check actually it
4: out. I I actually own it on Steam. I just haven't done it yet. So. Oh, good.
1: Great. Oh, games we own on Steams <laughs> that we haven't
2: played. Games we own anywhere that we haven't played. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel That's like extra like gold shit just to make us all feel guilty about downloading stuff we were never going to get to. hmm
1: <laughs> During a Steam sale, I've estimated that more than forty thousand dollars were spent over at Ubisoft Montreal only. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that yeah. none of those games ever get played.
4: <laughs> oh my God. But but you just, I just, it's so comforting to have them, they're there. Yes. Just in case. Just in case, <laughs> yeah, just in case things go in wrong. In ten
2: years, one day you're going to have pneumonia <laughs> or some shit, and you're going to be like, you know what, I'm going to play Siberia. Right. <laughs> well, I've been to do that for 20 years. <laughs> it's time to do this thing. All right, is it me? Yes, it's yep. you. I played a lot of games this week, y'all. Um, I played, I think I played something every day, which I haven't done in a while, and I've been really busy, so I don't know how I did it, but I did. Um,
1: Who needs sleep? No, nobody,
2: not me. Um, I played Dying Light for a while until finally I threw it back into the ether because it's garbage. Um, fuck you, Techland. Stay <laughs> off my zombies. Uh, I also played Life is Strange episode 2 because... This shit is going to be game of the year. I'm calling it now. I agree. This is like a, whoa. <laughs> Despite the problems, people are going to be talking about this game for so long, and there's so much to say that it's going to live in possibly God, the infamy.
4: Re- the well, replayability, miss- like the replayability in a, in a in this kind of game, is amazing. I think. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's it's a it's a revolution, is what it is. Um, I've been playing some White Knight, uh, which is very frustrating, but so beautiful, and I really want to know what's going on, but I was streaming today, and at one point I finally said, I feel like anybody who's watching me, there was like seven people, not very many, watching, I'm like, anybody who's in here right now either has a death fetish, or they really like to see me fail, because I think I died at once in one part like 30 times in a row, just bam, 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 bam. <laughs> um,
3: I wanna I'd, I'd come
2: back, I'd go into a room, I'd walk to the left, I would die. It was just, it was that bad. Um, I played a little bit of Revolution 60, and I played approximately 30 little indie games uh, made with twine because I've been experimenting. Mom, Dad, you has been experimenting with twine.
1: That's all right. Yeah. You're going to be really 12-step programs. <laughs>
2: no, it's really fun. Um, and, of course, I played Destiny um, with Sam. AKA the nights I save Sam's ass a lot.
0: Whatever. <laughs> are you kidding
2: me? You are so full of it. Look at my face. Look at my face right now. <laughs> you look I'm at not it. Full of it. You're full of it. You're full of anyway, it. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> All right.
1: I really love this dynamic you have here, girls. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we love each other very much.
0: <laughs> um, so now that we've talked about what we're playing, um, what about reading? Is anybody reading anything interesting this week? What about you, Phil?
1: i okay. So this game designer came to my desk uh, early this week, and he says, "Phil, I'm going to say a, a, few, a couple of words, and you're going to hate me." He says, "The Lies of Locke Lamora," which is a uh, is a, the first novel of a series by author Scott Lynch, which is yet another fantasy novel about a thief in a city, but oh. My
2: Nobody's done God. that before.
1: Yeah, it's really, it's 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 really, it's been updated to the good du jour. The what it what it feels like. Um, it's set out in a uh, fantasy versions of Venice. It is very Italian in terms of uh, uh, of the feeling. And, and while the the book starts, you feel that they're going through another oh the chosen one approach. That's not where the book actually goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you follow a young thief that you think is going to become a mastermind and you start the story when he's five years old and then you go on and through and the book is not linear it goes fast forward and backwards through story it is completely and totally amazing and on the Kindle is it is beneath the I will think about it price
2: yeah wow, wow.
1: So I, mean, I, was actually, I
2: looked it up as soon as you started to I know talk. I'm looking at it right now
1: <laughs> it is amazing. And which What's is it interesting because it? it'll it'll tie in with the lives of Locke Lamora. Yeah. Okay. And it it, it ties it in with that. what we're gonna talk about because Scott Lynch is suffering from chronic depression and he's he says on different panels about it. Hmm. It's not a theme in one of his books. It's not a the theme of his book, but it's it's it's, it's, it's well, writers with depression. <laughs> that's so original. Um,
2: <laughs> that never happens.
1: That never happens
2: cool that
0: one looks interesting see now I'm gonna have to buy this
1: you will love it you will love it and you will hate it so you can already insult me I'll understand <laughs>
0: alright that sounds good well I can talk about what I'm reading um, and I can't remember which number this is um, she's been on the show before and she talked about she talked to us um, When her first book came out, um, or her first uh, Lexi Cooper book is four. So um, Krista Charter's um, fourth Lexi Cooper mystery book came out this week. Um, And uh, for those that don't remember, you can always go back and listen to our interview with um, Krista. She she worked in the industry for a long time. She was Trixie 360 at at, uh, Microsoft. Um, and started Gamer Chicks and a bunch of other stuff and so now she um she is she's been an author for a while she wrote a book called uh, the nanny book I can't remember what it was called now because uh, my brain's dead <clears throat> and I've had too much pink tea uh, but we'll talk about that in a moment and uh, but this is her fourth mystery uh, with the protagonist who's a community manager um, at a thinly veiled <laughs> Microsoft-like company, um, where every in every book somebody dies in some gruesome way, and glitched is glitched is the fourth book, the one I'm reading now, which is really funny uh, because it basically takes place at PAX, um, and mm-hmm. instead of instead of dick wolves, they've got rape sharks. <laughs> nice. And there's a murder. Guess who gets murdered? Not gonna tell you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and it made me giggle. A lot, Um, so I'm having a I'm having fun. It's it's only been out like two days, and I'm about and I'm halfway through it. In addition to all the other work related stuff, I got to read. So the first night is like I I ended up I'm going to read like a couple chapters, and then um, ended up staying way late, staying up way later than I meant to. But yeah, that's what I'm reading. (laughs) That's games
2: related, anyway. Yeah, I don't I don't Um, have any games related. Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, was it supposed nope. to be games-related? I'm sorry. No, it doesn't no, have no, to no. be. No,
2: no, no, it doesn't, doesn't have to be. be. No, games-related, geek-related,
0: whatever, whatever kind of... You don't want to hear the other stuff I'm I'm reading. It's like dry-ass rhetorical theory. So.
1: Sam, I have a master's degree in environmental microbiology. I will not tell you about that.
5: <laughs>
3: Duly noted. Bye.
5: I'm reading, um, I'm still reading Let the Right One In. Yeah. Oh, nice. um, which, which I really love. I read that. I started re- really digging into it when I was um, on the flight to New Orleans. And I, <laughs> so thanks to Jen Justice, who was not here, boo, um, she <laughs> introduced performing. me to, she's performing, okay, that's, that's acceptable. Um, so she introduced me to the blog um, Hyperbole and a Half and i downloaded her book and oh my god it's so, so good. funny. <laughs> it's so good. Oh.
2: speaking favorite... of people suffering with with yep. major depression yeah she,
5: she has, yeah, she has nose, huge
2: nose, depression nose.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. which is fantastic and my favorite story was when the goose got stuck in her kitchen which was yeah. holi- i don't know yes, if get... was pretty funny <laughs> she had to like shove it into her car under a blanket and then drive it back to the pond and it, it's like a murderous crazy goose and it was so ridiculous. I loved it. But yes, um, she did have to um, I think she had a couple of chapters on dealing with depression and yeah. how I think I think it was the thing that got her out of her depression was the kernel of of corn under the Underneath fridge. Underneath the fridge
1: under yeah, the fridge. <laughs> it made like her laugh, laugh and laugh and laugh Yeah.
5: Yeah, which I thought was such a real moment. Um, because that kind of is how you snap out of it sometimes like the most absurd unfunny thing it <laughs> can just make you laugh hysterically and it kind of shatters that that fog that you can you know get stuck in but also um, Phil I just I, for some reason when I met you at Pax East and I heard you speak at the panel I did not catch your accent at all but I totally hear it right now oh yeah like yeah. definitely oh did we drop him is he not uh. there you mocked his accent, and now he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh oh, hold on, get him back. Yeah, we just thought he, he dropped off on the bar here. He was like,
2: uh, "I ain't talking to these markants about my accent." <laughs> <laughs>
5: all
2: right, hold on.
4: I didn't make fun of the Texan for her accent. That's what he's
2: saying, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, we were all you. thinking it, but you just yeah. it. <laughs>
3: No, I Jamie, totally hear
0: it I'm now. trying. Poor Phil. We'll, get him well, you can keep talking about what you're reading. So.
5: Well, that was pretty much everything that I've been reading lately. I haven't really been doing too much.
2: Um. Mm-hmm. Hmm. um I also have a conference this week. I'm leaving Wednesday to go to Minneapolis for the, uh, the big... Yearly Writers Conference, um, AWP. So I've been catching up on all literary magazines I should have been reading for the past like six months that have been sitting around that I have subscriptions to that I haven't read so that I can sound really smart when I go and talk to people I admire and love. Um, I'm doing a panel this week on microaggressions in the workshop. Nice. That's going to be fun. Uh, I'm going to hand out pacifiers and hankies for white tears. <laughs> you are horrible I know I'm the worst um, but it's, so that's what, that's what I've been doing I've been trying to catch up on all of my reading that I haven't been able to do um, and uh, man I've read a lot of poetry some really mind blowing poetry uh, it's been nice to just relax and read a little bit just pretty language
3: mm-hmm.
4: cool that's pretty much it what about you Charlotte you're always reading something fun <laughs> I'm still reading I Am Charlotte Simmons. Um, it was it was really interesting today because the news and the book collided. Because one of the narratives in I Am Charlotte Simmons is of the dumb jock who's getting his work done for him. And uh, mm. I ended up watching the um, NCAA news conference today because they were talking about Indiana. In part. Yeah. But they also went down this whole thing about... Um, college students and the time spent in playing basketball versus the time spent in you know being a student <laughs> mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting so um i think it's really interesting that that a lot of the i don't even know let me i have to look it up but this book is not that new um but a lot of the issues are still so relevant that
2: um it was i looked it up
4: before it was something like 2003 yeah it's not it's not very new um I I just looked up. I'm Charlotte Hyde, and um, (laughs) (laughs) yes, yes, you are. (laughs) Not that helpful. Uh, 2005. I thought it was older than that because he writes a lot of. He's been around for a while, but but still, Um, I just thought it was interesting because he's stereotyping a lot of the characters. The characters are very stereotypical. You know, the dumb jock, the asshole rich guy, Uh, but they talked a lot about that in the conference today when they weren't talking about Indiana. Mm. That's what I'm reading. Mm. And Latour, if y'all care about that. Of course we do. It has nothing to do with games.
2: (laughs) Or maybe it does, but not
4: in the way I'm reading it at the moment.
2: (laughs) Have we been in contact with Phil? Um, Yeah. He thinks that uh, Google Canada went to Bluey, so (laughs) <laughs> his exact while, words
0: kablooey <laughs> while we try to get uh, while we try to get reconnected we can keep going through our other fun stuff um, and our especially fun thing which is getting very sad for me Oh I know is what are we drinking um, and uh, while Phil tries to get reconnected I will go ahead and
2: tell you what I'm drinking I don't want to tell you guys because you made sad noises about my beer but you, you go ahead but other people might uh, like it though. I was drinking and still drinking.
0: Um, pink tea is what is what it gets called in my house. Um, what is it, it is actually um, it is passion. It's an herbal tea, passion tea, um, lemonade. So it's passion tea, and then you mix like half passion tea, half lemonade um, with raspberry vodka.
4: Mmm. Yeah, that sounds good. It is
2: very good. It, Man, that pink tea is the best mixer. Pink tea is like the weirdest. It's like the weirdest thing. We I usually felt-
0: we were mixing it with orange Thank vodka. You. Welcome back, Phil.
3: Hey, we've been I
1: Apparently, so so. What you need to understand is is if I don't apologize every five minutes, Google cuts me off. That's what. That's the Canadian <laughs> content.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man, you guys need to make your ritual sacrifices up there in the great frozen north. <laughs>
1: That's why I'll go and eat the poutine after that. Um, oh, see. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, that's fine. So we're talking now about what we're drinking, right? which is I'll important. I heard
1: something about pink tea, which is already... I'll look it up.
0: Well, it sounds it's, it's good the, to me. It's, I, a, I it's, a thing that. That, it's the thing that my, that, my, that my daughter calls it. But what it is is it's an herbal tea, passion tea, it's half passion tea, half lemonade. Um, which makes it very kind of kid-friendly, of course, because it's not very sweet, so it doesn't have a lot of sugar in it. But then when it goes in Mama's glass, Mama pours vodka in it, which means... <laughs> so I have pink tea with raspberry vodka tonight.
1: Nice.
0: So it gets the kid-friendly name, and then I, you know, throw lots of booze in it and call it a day. <laughs> What are you drinking, Phil? Are you drinking anything? Did we forget to tell you that you have to drink on this podcast? I
1: actually have a glass of white wine. It's from the Alsace the region. Oh, nice. uh, it's a Pinot. It's a Pinot Blanc. So basically, mm-hmm. white Pinot, hmm. and it it is delightful. It's a dry wine. Uh, don't ask me the name. Uh, I didn't read the label properly when Caroline <laughs> just poured it for me, but it's awesome. Mm. Thank you very cool. much, dear.
0: You're you're Canadian so of course you'd be drinking something right
3: <laughs> Okay
0: <laughs>
2: So Ashley brings up his accent you're like fuck Canada No
0: yeah. I I'm, I am from Michigan and I'm from Michigan I'm from Detroit and we like and I grew up spending tons and tons of time across the border So
1: So here's the thing it's not because it's like, Canadians what, you
2: have a black just... friend so you can make fun of them what?
1: <laughs> no, that's right. I know a Canadian, so I can drink like one. But um, yeah, exactly. That's just because you could cross over when you were eighteen and you could drink.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. And Canadian beer always had a higher alcohol content. I yeah, about one percent. Like Canadian beer. Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
4: I didn't know
2: that. Nice. Everybody saddle up. We're going. All
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know the you know the British joke? What the difference between American beer and making love in a canoe?
3: No. What's that? <laughs> They're both fucking
1: close to water.
3: Oh yeah,
2: they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair. <laughs> but only if you drink crappy beer. Speaking of, I don't drink crappy beer because uh, I'm a grown woman. Like, <laughs> uh, I think it's that you're fucking wrong,
1: and you're so yes, craft beer because I can't see the label on this, and you probably oh, can't.
2: It, this is a Leinenkugel's Kugel's Creamy Dark.
1: Oh, I can't pronounce uh, that. but That looks awesome.
2: It mm-hmm. is delicious. It's an American dark lager. It's not my very favorite beer or anything, but it's in like I don't say my top fifteen. Uh-uh. There's
1: a lot of wonderful craft beers in the, in yeah. the States, so
2: Yes. Now if you're talking about like piss water from a keg, yeah, it's fucking disgusting. Why would anyone subject themselves to that if they didn't, you know, like hate themselves?
1: I, but... I live in the Ipster cap capital of Montreal, so there's BBR mm-hmm. everywhere. So
2: Oh my god, oh my I'm so god. sorry. I that. It's an offense to humanity. I know. <laughs> so I'm drinking PBR,
4: and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah.
1: Like room temperature PBR, right? <laughs>
3: right. Yeah.
4: <laughs> no, I'm not drinking PBR, for the record. Well, you Although you? what I am drinking is probably not much better. But <laughs> I'm drinking wine and sparkling water. I'm so. No! Good.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's not much better.
5: Okay. I'm drinking air. Aww. So oh, no, 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 no.
1: What about <laughs> last night?
5: Yeah. I had a voodoo brew and that hurt. <laughs> What's
2: a voodoo brew? Was yesterday.
5: What was voodoo brew, Sam? Was it? I don't know, it was like
2: three kinds of rum. Three
5: kinds of rum and topped off with 151. But I don't know, no. it ring, was ring, some, Were you on the floor, like face down or face up? <laughs> <laughs> was I on the floor last night? No, I wasn't on the floor. I kind of just wobbled around Bourbon Street and tried to catch mm-hmm. some beads. But, but, but
1: I'll admit it? to you, Ashley, I mean one ounce of alcohol, it's you're basically 5% booze. Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> yeah, this is actual size. This is actually. <laughs> this why I don't I know feel I I'm like, <laughs> like, my stomach hurts, it's so sore. I'm not drinking anything. I'm just sitting here staring at the screen and I just realized, so my boyfriend's sitting next to me and I I muted myself for a second. I'm like, I just realized that I giggle the whole time during this podcast. Like, I spend the majority of this time giggling at everybody. (laughs) There's one good reason for that,
0: Ashley. There's one good reason. We are funny. You
5: you are funny.
2: Everybody's funny. (laughs) My goodness. Anyway. I think Phil fits right in. He yes. does. Thank you
1: very much. Absolutely. I feel one of the girls. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I'll warm it up for you.
2: Well, now we have to kill him, though. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. Uh-huh.
4: <laughs> but, but while we're killing them, we can drink that beer that's got more alcohol in it. There you
1: Yep. We're brewing one close to here that's called, it basically translates to the, the end of the world. And it's nine percent. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it volume or like weight over volume? And it really, you take one of it and then you just fall unconscious.
4: Wow, That's uh, a lot yeah. of
0: see, uh, I I yeah. like Canadian beer a lot because Alicia always because we we have one store here where you know you can like mix and match your your cases. Mm-hmm. So constantly because we have so many craft beers, you know, and I'm constantly trying different ones. And then she don't, don't like anything. That's not true. <laughs> there are lots of beers that I don't like, but I'll come home
2: and I'll make to line and hold up and say, it's true.
0: <laughs> and so, um, so, but she always, she swears I don't like beer because I don't like a lot of the ones that I pick up at the store, but I don't like hoppy beer.
3: Me because, either. you know,
0: hoppy beer is the new fad. So they, you know, throw 50 pounds of fucking hops in every glass and say, it's good beer. No, it's not at that point. It's not. Some people
1: like to taste their feet, so.
0: <laughs> there you go. I want good beer, don't want hops in a glass.
1: So. Yeah. I had double chocolate uh, porter, I think, in New York a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I want to have this again.
2: Sounds yeah. good. I like a good porter. Yeah.
0: All right, let's move on to news what you got uh alicia
2: um well, I have a couple of things uh if you read our site, as you should, as a good human being, you are familiar with these things. Uh, just a couple of little things, and I'll do it really quickly. Uh, Anita Sarkeesian has released a new video this week, and she is on a new series now in which she's talking about positive portrayals of female characters instead of tropes versus women. So it's kind of the opposite. Um, supposed to go more in-depth, maybe a little shaky at the beginning. Hopefully with the next episode we'll see a little bit more depth out of that, but we'll see as it develops. Second thing this week, huge Twitter kerfuffle as somebody found a transphobic joke in the game Pillars of Eternity, uh, which was a Kickstarter-backed game, Kickstarter-funded, and for the sum of $500, backers could have a memorial placed in the game with their name, any name they chose, and a message. And this particular message was about a man who had slept with what he thought was a woman, but it was really a man, because ha ha ha, that's the worst thing that can happen to you ever. Uh, And then he killed himself understandably people were a little upset about this and people began talking about it which uh, there had been some a little bit of a ceasefire and major hostilities this week with Gamergate. It flared up again in a huge way. Um, we wrote about it. Lots of people wrote about it. Lots of people were involved. It was a big deal. Obsidian says they're considering whether or not they're going to change the game but first they're going to talk to their backers which is responsible but let this be a lesson. Vet your shit if you're letting people kickstart things into your game that you're shit. You should
1: um, still edit whatever people put in. I mean, Right,
2: and there was speculation yeah. that probably they had some filters to catch things like obvious slurs, but this was, I hate to call it subtle, it's not subtle, it was a little <laughs> more subtle than something like you faggot, um, which would be caught by a filter. Uh, this wouldn't necessarily have been caught by a filter, which is why you need real, actual human beings in their reading things before you put them into your game. Yeah. Uh-huh. Once again, the world needs copy editors. And then Sam wanted to say something about some amoebas. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I'm a microbiologist. I want to know about that. <laughs> I like, yeah, you
0: know Those kind
3: of
2: amoebas.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: she's being a smart sorry.
1: Man. I am disappointed.
2: I know. I am too. I would be well, way more interested in amoebas.
0: I have fallen prey three, no, four times now to collectibles in games, and I blame this on the fact that I have a young child. Um, I was watching Nintendo Direct yesterday and I had kind of sworn off of buying more games collectibles even though I did just buy like three um, Amoeba Amoeba's. Damn it! <laughs> <me. laughs> <Yes! laughs> three Amiibo for um, Mario Party 10. I had kind of sworn off because I was like well but they don't really add anything to the game they unlock more mini-games, but there's already so many mini-games there, blah, 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 I'm not going to do it, I'm done with it. And then <laughs> yesterday in Nintendo Direct, um, they announced that for the new the new game, Yoshi's Willy World, they're going to have actual yarn Yoshi Amiibo. And I lost That's my awesome. shit. It comes in three colors, <laughs> so now i got to buy all three colors. <laughs> So because, yeah, you know, it puts together my two favorite things, yarn and video games. And I'm there. So I'm I'm back on the I'm back on the amiibo train. Awesome.
1: <laughs> I still don't know what those are. I will get into it. I'll ask my son.
0: <laughs> okay. There we go. All right. Was that it for news?
3: That's uh, all that smart I for news. news. That's the news. That's the news.
0: So, uh, now we get to why Phil is actually here. Yay. Oh, come on. He's like, I'm here. Yay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, shit. What have I done?
0: Um. And I did not ask Ashley this earlier, and I know she's not feeling horribly well, but I'm going to ask her now. Ashley, do you want to introduce Phil? Because we have notes, but... Um, Wait, we didn't
2: even introduce Phil yet. What the fuck are we well, doing? We did. we did. We did. We did.
1: I mean, my real name is Louise, but I discovered uh, some some hormones, and and it changed my life.
5: He's actually a carrot. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe he's an amoeba. Yeah. There you go. Um, sure. Um, so I know your title is uh, you're a scriptwriter for Ubisoft Montreal. That's correct. Yes, it is. Okay, (laughs) so I met Phil um, at Pax East earlier this month. He was on a panel with Brian LeBurge, and it was um, this panel focused on anxiety and depression in gamers, and which I found to be really amazing. And I ran to, <laughs> that was the first p- panel I went to at PAX East, I ran right to it, wow. because I am very, like, I've been very open about my own anxiety disorder on Not Your Mama's Gamer, and mental illness is something I, you know, I'm very interested in, and very interested in talking about, and making a conversation happen, because that's how we get to solutions, and this is how we help people. Um, So, yeah, I don't know, is there anything else you want to add, Phil, or...
1: Uh, well you've got 42 years years worth of life so I could go anywhere so (laughs) So let's let's just say that uh, I have been working over at uh, Ubisoft for um, two years now Uh, and before that uh, if I if I can really be succinct about my life is I used to be a pharmaceutical QA manager and I had a very nice career But I suffered in my 30s. I suffered through three burnouts, uh, which were pretty bad. Uh, And I thought that changing jobs was the solution. When it turned out that actually I was diagnosed as being uh, type two bipolar, and it's when I understood that that I basically started my um, you could say my journey into getting better, which eventually led to becoming a creative writer. So, uh, I won't add too much of it because we're probably going to have a nice you know back and forth in the next two minutes or so but uh, it's been quite a journey and I'm really happy to realize that it's what I was diagnosed back in 2009 I it's really fun to realize that you can still change the way you live you can still be happy and do awesome shit when <laughs> uh, even though you might be diagnosed with something that you think will be the end of your life
5: Right, it's not a death right. sentence
1: it is not it's actually and 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 one of the tricks is to actually try to find the strength of that particular um condition that would all be, if would help you for instance, for a lot of people for a lot of creative uh for a lot of creatives being bipolar uh, especially when it's treated can help you in creating more stuff while still maintaining a control on your darker aspects. Uh so a lot of people a lot a lot of bipolars will tell you that it's they can generate more ideas in a day that people can generate in a year.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. So stuff like that. So yeah.
5: I totally I totally see that.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's not a diagnosis, it's your
1: superpower. It is my superpower <laughs> combined with my super weakness.
2: <laughs> you know, I'm definitely a big advocate of of writing and creating uh to help you I mean, it just wrestle with anything in your life. Um, it's such a good outlet. it can be such good therapy, and sometimes, it's a good way to release something, uh, even if nobody else ever sees it, just to, to write it down, to acknowledge that it's real, and then to actually have the physical process of closing that file or pushing that piece of paper away, and say, I'm, "I'm done with that," you know, and um, it, can, it can help.
1: In my particular uh, experience, I wanted to share with people uh, whatever I went through—not not not just the mental illness part, but my creative uh, my creative writings and my shift from a science based uh, career to a creative based career. So I started blogging back in two thousand seven, uh, and one of the reason I and I blogged about role playing games and and being a game master. Uh, um, it would, the main reason being that I knew about that I'd done it for about 30 years and I also wanted to uh, become a better English writer is it's not my first language I do not have an English degree I went to an English college but I uh, it's still I still struggle uh, finding the proper vocabulary grammar is an issue for me certainly uh, so
2: and... we, we all struggle i yes
1: yes so um so I wrote I think at last count, I wrote 900, 400 blog posts in, uh, since 2007. Most of them were written in the first four years. Uh, and that got me noticed by the industry. And from there on, I eventually ended up at uh, Ubisoft. Like, there's nice. no fast forward in that story, but yeah.
2: <laughs> Living the dream, man. Yes, well, I am. Welcome to your house. To so- working in a major studio. Wow. I
5: want to ask you for people that are listening who might not know um, what a scriptwriter is or does, can you elaborate on that?
1: Alright, so a uh, a game, uh, be it a triple A game or a smaller game has a certain number of writers on it. Uh, they have different names for the positions from narrative director to lead writer to script writer but they ultimately all do the same thing is that whatever is being written that gamers will see or hear or that is written to build up to that particular product is done by script writers. So the storyboarding, the creation of characters, the the profiles of characters, the menus of a game, the dialogues, the stories, the plots, the the side missions, everything is written by script writers or their variously named bosses. So uh, for example, if you've ever played any of the Assassin's Creed games, I've written what we in the industry call barks, which is what the the um, the NPC that are unnamed will will, will, will what they talk about. will say if you well your character walks around in a city and you bump All into right. someone and in they so and they go, hey, watch out, watch out. So I'll rewrite this. The the very the the well, what's what's the expression now legendary? I got an arrow in the knee. <laughs> <Yeah.
3: a very
2: laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you until I took an arrow in the knee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ooh, written, I, want know, I want to find the person who wrote that and just say thanks
1: actually it, it's it's a funny thing the reason why we know about it is that I bet Sega basically cut down in their cinematics and voice over budget for budgetary reasons almost all decisions in games are based on that and they ended up with a lot less barks that the game was supposed to have so the same barks kept playing again and again and again mm-hmm. and again and again but this became a thing, because now in our games, there's a category where guards will tell players about their stories of their lives, and that category is called Arrow to the Knee Story.
2: That's <laughs> awesome! <laughs> oh my god! That's the best thing I've heard all day! <laughs> so uh, I've written, I'm, I'm going to put that I've... in the show notes, it's so good. <laughs>
1: So I've, I've re- I remember, because in the last Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed's Rogue, I wrote lines where soldiers would meet each other, it's like friends would meet each, each other, or enemies would meet each other, and sometimes you would mm-hmm. look over, and uh, a allied soldier would see a dead allied soldier, and it, I wrote lines like, oh, Jim, you won't mind if I take your boots, right? And stuff like that.
5: <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Uh, it now, is, uh, Because...
2: Go no, ahead. go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead.
1: Does, uh, does that mean that I can start flirting your wife? Stuff like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it really helps to add to the richness of a world to have those things. That's and right. I understand it costs money, and there's voiceovers, and yeah, but that's what makes the difference between a game that's good, but you know, kind of mediocre like yes. and...
1: And, but just so you know, so if we're talking about, um, I don't think I'm getting into trouble with that, but if we're talking about a next-gen game, do you know how many lines of barks are in there on average? No, tell us. About seventy-five thousand.
2: Wow, that's amazing.
1: So, and they're all written, and they're all read by voice voice actors. Uh, I would,
2: I would, kick ten puppies that were adorable to get my hands on a full script of a huge <laughs>
1: game. Come to work with us.
2: Okay. I just, to, I just want to study it, I want to study it, Let's let me look at it. I'll, I'll come, I'll do. I'll sweep the floors. I've, I've, I'll I've,
1: I've printed out once a, a full script, I think it was Unity's full script, right before the game came out, so we could write content on the project I was working on. And the thing was 450 pages long.
5: Oh my god.
1: And that, that weren't the bars. those were just the main story,
2: mm-hmm. and the
1: side content.
2: I'm having a moment, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. You want to read that script?
2: <laughs> I do. I really do. For all the research projects, please someone send me. If anyone else is listening out there, please contact me. Uh, I will go to every conference in the world and talk about your script to academics who care. <laughs> please <laughs>
3: let me know book. That'd be great.
2: That offers open to you too, Phil. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt with my enthusiasm. It's quite <laughs> all right. It's,
1: it's very appreciated. And I'm I think, screwing the edges of my NDA, so no.
2: <laughs> I just think that, that what you guys do is so interesting because it's not like any other form of media, right? By entering into a world, into a game, mm-hmm. you're you're changing that script already. Um, the, the order in which you interact with people or that you do things or whatever, or even just having a long pause because you put the controller down because you had to go take a piss. You know,
1: you
2: you've changed the game. Um, Especially if so, the
1: game has what we call systemic uh, triggers, which means a game like, um, what's this super violent? Uh, Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's programmed in such a way that if you put the controller down, an event will trigger that you'll be able to see an accident, you'll be able to see people fighting, that you won't be involved in it, but you can just basically take a break and watch a story unfold that is being basically randomly generated.
2: Yeah. And it's it's amazing. Experience. God, what a world we live in. <laughs>
1: I like the future.
2: <laughs> me too, it's great. Yeah, I don't even too. mind that I don't really have a jetpack. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, but but you, st- you you still have all the knowledge of the world in your pocket and use it to talk about cats.
2: Yeah, cats are pretty funny. I don't Just know if you noticed. Amazing. I mean, they're cats.
1: I mean, <laughs> I, I can. give you the Top ten reasons why cats are awesome, and number four will make you laugh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe what these people talked about when they had a podcast. Um, I'm sorry. There's I our keep <laughs> here's our
4: track, and here's
2: everywhere I'm involved. Always to the left. Okay. So, y'all get back on track. I'm gonna type and add some things to the show notes. Right. Okay. Any um, other questions? Yeah,
0: Ashley, you still got a couple questions,
2: right?
5: Um, yes, I'm sure I do. Hold on, let me see here. Do do do. Um, sorry. I swear I'm a professional. Um, yeah. Why don't we just? Okay, so. I already, I asked you this question um, at the panel when I stood up and the microphone scared the shit out of me because <laughs> it's so loud. Um, so um, I'm going to ask it uh, again though because I think
1: it's... I'm going to give you a different answer, you know that, right? Because my yes,
5: that... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, nice. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> so what do you think about using um, games as a form of mental health therapy?
1: Um, I, I, made the, I made the panel about gamers, not because gamers are more uh, likely to develop depression over other types of, of people, I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of depressed golfers, I would be, um, but uh, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, games have this special ability to create brushes of endorphin that you will actually mm-hmm. see in exercise, just maybe not as strong. Um, Dr. Jane McGonigal basically wrote about, I don't know if you've ever seen one of her talks, talks about uh, those epic wins that you can get uh, after basically rushing through a very hard section of a game or a very uh, heart-wrenching section of a game and, and meeting this this very epic end uh, or very epic point in, in, in the game. And these kinds of things are completely therapeutic because they will send uh, loads of chemicals in your brain that will make you feel better. So there's that. The fact that also while you're playing there's a good chance that you're enjoying yourself or at least not feeling as sucky as you did before and your mind is on other things which can be which can actually change. It can be a matter of life or death if you're having suicidal thoughts or you're actually planning your suicide because while you're playing you're actually thinking else. If you can focus on the game. Some, some people will just play a game on, on automatic. So I've, It is to a certain degree a, an escapism and a lot of mm-hmm. people will say you shouldn't play uh, because it won't help you deal with your depression because you're trying to escape but I think people should escape part of the baddest parts of depression so that they can give themselves time to get better because what heals depression on top of meds and exercise and being well surrounded is time and games can grab this.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that too deep or full of bullshit? No.
5: No, no. no, <laughs> no not at all. That was awesome. Um, and kind of piggybacking off of that, um, I kind of wanted, t- wanted to ask you, um, I wrote a post, my last post was about um, depictions of mentally ill characters in video games. I was just curious about... Um, what you thought of that I was wondering if you um, you know do you think there's positive or negative depictions of mental illness out there in, in video games um, do you think it has an effect on gamers with those uh, mental
1: illnesses as well the, the, the trick the, the problem with mental health is that it's it's not very much understood by the average person okay? whatever mm-hmm. media we're in we're talking TV books or, 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 or games like books will tend to explain things more in their exposition so and, and so what you'll find the, the 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 examples of mental health mental ill characters or mentally challenged characters in, in video games will often be caricatures. Uh, right. the, there's yeah. a super psychotic, violent, uh, usually male character uh, in Grand Theft Auto V. I think there's one of them. Yeah. Um, is is overly represented. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bad guy in Far Cry Four is this super charismatic. Psycho um, uh, murder psych, murder murder hobo psycho guy, so he's really nice, and then he gets really angry and he kills the guy beside you with his pen, but it's it's overly represented. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's, yeah. it's, it's a shortcut. It's a, it's a it's a trope, and it's an overused trope. Now, yeah. what would the challenge be? I'm trying to find uh, examples of good characters. Um, uh, Claire Danes character in Homeland. Uh, is a great depiction of bipolar disorder, and I'd love to see a character in a video game being basically based on her. Um, uh, I've, if you've played Borderlands 2, Dr. Tannis uh, shows one of the few things where she, she's completely aware of the fact that she's she has Asperger's, and she's completely aware that she's got OCDs and whatnot, but she basically... Jumps on it and that and it powers the the, the 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 quest that she gives out. Yes, some of them are very yeah. cliched, but it's still funny. <laughs> so yes, you've got positive and negative uh, depictions of it. I think they should be included. Uh, so, mm-hmm. but and and to a certain degree made fun of, to a certain degree used to drive a story, but not. I I, I suggest people not to be lazy about it and 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 and, yeah. and try to try to make a full character and make mental health part of the character and not its soul or main piece. That's, that defines that's it. Thank
5: you. Yes,
2: that's you what know, I'm talking is, about. Because my background it's, we were talking about writing earlier, my gra- background is in creative writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those things that we we always talked about you know every every workshop somebody would bring a story in which somebody was just crazy and right. that was the sole explanation for why they did things that were weird or violent or whatever and we would always have to keep having the same conversation and i feel like we need to teach everybody this it's that it there's no there's no one brand of crazy that there's that no mean? one mental illness there's no nothing that's the same it's people who react in certain ways because they have certain triggers, mm-hmm. and all of those actions need to make sense. They need to come from something. Um, in in fiction, in any kind of created medium, there has to be there have to be connections and logic, and a foundation for it. And it's not just oh, we're gonna do a bunch of wild shit now because we need a villain who's gonna do a bunch of wild shit. It's just so tiresome that we can't do better.
4: Yeah,
1: we need so- to better. I think that one of the ways you can do this if when writers in both video games and, and in audio media create characters they should have what I call one line that defines them so called reality filter which is how they they perceive reality through either a mental disease or an experience or something like that and you could say so if you've got a paranoid character or paranoid tendency character, you could basically say he's he's really outgoing, he's a happy-go-lucky, he's a type A personality, but he tends to take things very personally, and sometimes when he gets angry, he's downright paranoid. So that's actually richer than just going to... He's paranoid, and he'll kill you when you talk against him.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's... (laughs) If you don't mind, excuse me. If you don't mind, Ashley, if I jump in for just a second, yeah, no, go ahead. Um, And that's kind of one of the things uh, that I that I was wanted to talk about. And I asked this very, I put this very weird question in the show notes, right? Um, ab- about you know these these quote unquote because there's a study that proves everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so you know studies that suggest that games contribute to depression in gamers, which of course. Um, we, know that, we know that in, in most cases the, the opposite is true. But um, So people say, well, you know, the, the big issue then is, is it a chicken or the egg situation? Is it that um, ge- uh, games can contribute to depression in gamers? Or is it that um, gamers with certain kinds of mental illness might be more drawn to games? Um, and I think that that's always an interesting question, right, because when we talk about and you 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 brought up a good point is that it's like the um chemical changes that happen um uh, okay. when we when we game right endorphins and such, and we know that a lot of people will try to self medicate so if you know that playing games makes you feel a very specific way, then why not play more games right um so and then that also comes into that that question of that very problematic thing that people call gaming addiction.
1: I hate that phrase.
0: Um so, Although
1: it, it is it is a real thing. I,
0: I hate the phrase though, because oh, it, yeah. it it makes it seem that it is games only that people can be addicted to or that these particular people can be addicted to and it's not necessarily the game per se but the feeling that they get from it so anything that gives them that feeling might might be the object of that addiction does that make sense?
1: Um, People who have addictive uh, personalities are are bound to get addicted to things uh, will get addicted to different things and, and games speed in games of chance or, or whatever kind of gaming uh, can be led to this but without getting bogged down into a very interesting bose fuel discussions on on this, I think I, I, I probably would address your question on the fact that uh, about so gaming can be will is usually good for uh, to, to, to help yourself as therapy for what we talked about later earlier on. But one of the key things about getting uh, uh, about fighting therapy—no, well, actually, that's the term—of of one of the key things about uh, dealing with your own therapy, your own depression, yes, is that you you need to fight it. You need to find ways to fight your own therapy, your own depression, uh, so that you basically get over your. Um, you eventually start controlling your dark thoughts, you eventually uh, feel less bad about yourself and you challenge yourself and, and you start doing things. Some people will basically uh, retreat to games and will use gaming as an excuse to say, well, I can't do anything else. I don't have the energy to do anything else. And and this is, so if you're not using the games as, I'll, 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 I have trouble explaining my ideas so I'll use an example from my experience, okay? Mm-hmm, okay. So when I was put on uh, sick leave, for a severe depression about seven years ago, I um, stayed at home, and my wife asked me that to do at least one hours of housework at home to, to take care of, you know, the meals and, and, and laundry and everything else. And that was a very fair uh, request. Um, so I basically added this in my in my uh, in my routine, and I added the fact that I would I would do a wee fit routine. 30 minutes, and I had to walk to the grocery store that was 20 minutes, going 20 minutes back. That was the strict minimum of what I could do, what I needed to do, that was my routine. And I used computer gaming, that's when I started actually playing Half-Life as a reward. I could play Mm guilt-free, and that was the key word, guilt-free. I could play Half-Life for 90 minutes to two hours a day, provided that I had achieved my goals. (laughs) And that actually, I think that's probably a good approach to personal therapy. Whereas Mm -hmm. I could have gone, I'm going to do the laundry later on and play computers all day long, not go out, not do the Wii Fit, and then look at time when it's 4 o'clock, oh shit, and then basically botched the laundry and do something horrible for dinner. (laughs) So which probably would have been, well, then the games became an excuse and basically fueled my depression. So that's probably how I, the way I, I lived it.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of balance is difficult for a lot of people, um, regardless of, of what you're dealing with. Um, but I, I, you know, I also agree with what Sam says. You can replace, well, I could sit here and play video games all day with, well, I'm going to watch 10 episodes of this show because that's totally. totally healthy.
1: Totally. And there's a lot of things. Sometimes when you're depressed. You need yeah. a full day of wearing soft clothes and <laughs> eating ice cream and watching a whole season of something.
2: Man, if I fucking call that Saturday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's fine. Ready. Uh. And sometimes, and and, you, and, you, and to be completely honest, you can't start fighting a depression when you're at the deepest end of it. Mm-hmm. when you basically wake up one morning and you don't feel as bad as you usually do. That's the day you start taking your first step in fighting your depression. And then you will add a little bit of routine. It's usually routine helps a lot. And then as you get better and better and better, you strengthen your routine and add more activities to it. And you reward yourself, whatever way you what you find to reward yourself, yeah. um, you do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's it's really interesting because people kind of dismiss games, um, you know, as this kind of throwaway thing um, that serves no real purpose. But when you look at, you know, what games and gaming actually does to the brain, um, it's it's just kind of this fabulous thing. I mean, because one of the things that I study, right, right, you know, in my in my in my real life, not that games in my real life, um, <laughs> because games and these things is is cognitive theory, and one of the things that I even focused on with my own with my own child is the way that playing specific kinds of games um, forces your brain to rewire mm-hmm. from the way that it is currently wired. Um, in order to be able to learn and master these games, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and they've been using this kind of stuff, not only with people with mental illness, but people with Alzheimer's, um, pe- uh, children with autism, um, mm-hmm. just to kind of, to help them get through some rough periods and start to, uh, I don't want to say heal, but... Amid, but Adapt. Adapt. Thank you, is a like better that. word. Adapt. Adapt the brain um, to make things easier for them, and you know, and I'm, and so it really pisses me off. People are like, oh, games. And I was like, no, games. You know, deal with this. This is really where you need to be. And I like my mother's 75, and I'm constantly forcing her to play games. Is she really? Yeah, uh, but
3: don't crack right. baby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I I was blessed that I came up in a family of gamers before they they we knew what the term was. Mm-hmm. My parents had a pong machine at home. Oh uh, yeah, in the 70s, yeah. and, and and they played all those board games that were there. Were Monopoly was one of them, but they played Canister and they played uh, Aggravation and all kinds of different games like that. That was awesome. But yeah, yeah I I. My parents didn't play much video games, except my when I was in my teens, and my mother was trying to reach out to me. she would play arcade games with me. She would go to the arcade with me you knowing that I always wanted to go to the arcade and she bet she tried miss pac man and and all those games that we played in the eighties and and it was fun i mean i I know she was doing it for me, mm-hmm. but she still enjoyed it. she still talks about it now, yeah
5: absolutely so I wanted to, so I just piggybacking off of what Sam was saying, um, I actually, so Alex Lane, who is also a writer on this site, um, she, on this site meaning not your mama's gamer, mm-hmm. <laughs> the vague site, um, so there's this um, new game called Deep that is apparently... Um, It's for the oculus rift, and it actually is supposed to help with anxiety, which I thought was really interesting So I'll link it in our chat here, but um, so basically um, It's a way for people to learn and control their breathing Um, and it takes place in an underwater world where your um, your breathing pattern actually translates to the rise and fall um, of the water which is really interesting. And you would kind of think that an Oculus Rift might be <laughs> really scary for maybe somebody who has anxieties um, because it's kind of almost inescapable in some ways where it's all around you. Um, and I know a lot of horror games are um, are big on Oculus Rift because of that, because of that inescapable um, you know, quality to it. But I thought this was really cool and um, really interesting and just a- as a way to, to help. Uh, you know, seeing games as um, a tool to help people with anxieties or depression or, you know, stress really.
1: Um, and I that's, that was where amazing. The, that's where the indie art, the indie yeah. designers are really making mm-hmm. progress there. I've seen articles, I haven't played any of them, but we're what, about five or ten games that address either the creator's depression or ways of dealing with depression of the characters or yourself while you're playing yeah. them. And this is. This is great. Yeah, they're they're getting hit by the trolls, but I don't care about that. I just the fact that those games were created is is just the start of a very long, uh, I think, trend and genre that we're going to see more and more.
2: Yeah,
5: right. I do too. I'm looking forward to this game. I'm excited about
2: it. I think there's a lot of potential there for a lot of different things, not just this. Um, I think it'll be great for education. I I don't want to get off topic. <laughs> I'm not going to start on that. I'll talk all night.
0: You know, uh, and I think about I think about like you like you say it's it's being looked at for anxiety, but I think about because um, it, it also in my previous well in my previous life I was also an elementary school teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think about the potential for um, children who have poor impulse control, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And what this can do, because, you know, a lot of times um, when kids have really poor impulse control, I mean, and and they, they, I see them use this even now, is that they will give um, children with poor impulse control and are easily kind of, um, distracted by or set off by loud noises, too much noise, too much going around them. on around them. But give them noise-canceling headphones to wear mm-hmm. in the classroom. But can you imagine having kind of a a space where children can go into, um, you know, a quiet space and put on the Oculus Rift? for 10 or 15 minutes and enter this kind of virtual space where they can kind of re-sync themselves before going back into the classroom. I mean there's so much potential that we just kind of ignore because games are games and not something that should be taken seriously.
2: Um, They might be a research project, I don't know. Yeah, I know, right?
1: Those are kind of research projects you can totally get into some countries that are not and I'm going to go cultural and all you guys that are not as obsessed with things that aren't serious, should not be played. Right. You see yeah. a lot of the states. But in Finland, and in the Scandinavian, Nord- in the Nordic wow. states, you see so much, so many of those projects being approached. And, I mean, you've got universities over there that they'll they'll, they'll invite you to do a master's degree in game design, and you can approach these things.
2: Finland, man, is like...
1: Finland is great. I was invited yeah. to a con on Finland, and they told me that the Finnish government would give me like 134 euros a day to go there.
2: Can we all go to Finland?
0: Can we go to Finland? Again?
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> absolutely. See, and it's it's interesting because because Alicia and I, our kids go to this um, kind of crunchy granola um, magnet school or charter school, yeah. um, where you know they have to focus as, you know, as much as they have to on things like testing but they kind of start to um, fig- try to figure out ways around making that the actual focus of stuff yeah. um, so it, it's pretty interesting and I think that there's I would love to I would love to not only do research in in some other country but do research even in the US to prove to folks in the US, because I think that that would be a hard thing to say, okay, I did this research in Finland, now I'm going to bring it back to the US, but to do it in the US and say, see, it does work in the US, because, you know, Americans think that Americans are different from everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Americans need to
2: settle the fuck down.
0: Yes, they do. Absolutely. Okay, Uh, other questions for Phil? Um...
1: I can come back if you ever want me to have, have me again on the show. I'll okay. well, be more than yes, happy.
0: I think that would be great. great. We'd love that, yeah. We would. We'd love that.
1: Can I be like a, like a uh, honoris causa girl? No. In honor. No? No, you don't want
2: to know. <laughs> well, I, chrom- I got
1: half the chromosome.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> but for my part, I would really like to hear more about uh bringing your son into your D&D game.
1: Yes, I'd love I to talk that about is that. I think exactly. a future show that be awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we should we should have you come back and talk to us about um about kids and about kids and D&D games cuz like I we we have a couple of really nerdy kids. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: no i don't know if she I don't know if Ashley shared it. I wrote a series of articles of 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 posts a few years ago where I used improvisational techniques to tell stories to my son where we had interactive stories and then I did it with my daughter and it was among the like the best stories I've ever had with my
2: I children. do that too. I did it with my son and now i have a i have a little girl who's almost two and i uh, I do that too using. Some of the things that I've learned as a gamer and as a writer, mm-hmm. and it's so much fun, and you involve them, and it, it makes things their own, and you don't have to stick to some of the problematic details of like traditional fairy tales, and mm-hmm. yeah. Oh,
1: so yeah, we I could I'd, have
2: a whole show on that.
1: It would be a pleasure to come back. Now I need to go. It's getting late, okay. and but uh, I really hope to talk to you all soon
0: awesome thanks a lot for joining us tonight um, and you. we'll look forward to talking to you again
1: alright thank you bye bye everyone
0: bye
5: Bye. All right
0: so now we have a chance to um, do our own that's a great way to end um, with a comeback for for Dungeons yeah. and Dragons Um so but now we have an opportunity to talk about any other things that we have. Do we have any good deals for broke broadcast gamers this week?
4: Well, uh, even within is fourteen dollars, y'all. Oh Man. yeah, that's not a good deal. It. They should pay me
2: fourteen dollars.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't see a lot else. The uh, well, um, I don't know. I mean, the the Out, Outlast is on the bundle right now, which is a really good game. Outlast is a really good game. Oh, oh man, I, I, I want to play that,
5: too. too.
4: Oh, well, I think you should pick it up, then, because it's only, like, whatever the beat the minimum is, like, 5 or $6 for Outlast. Like, it was, like, five yeah. fifty-eight when I looked at it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, let me make note of that. Um, Child of Light is the free game for the Xbox One this month. Uh, really? Is, what? We, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I didn't see that. Oh, it like, just yeah. started started today or yesterday, so yeah, grab that. Ah, mm-hmm.
2: Definitely don't want to miss that. It's a great game. And then for Xbox 360, it's Bioshock. No, it was Bioshock, it was BioShock Infinite. Now, what was the new one? I can't remember. I don't remember. Uh, Terraria is one of them. I know because Jack was super excited because he's been wanting Terraria, and we didn't want to buy it because we're like, you have Minecraft, bro. But it's free, <laughs> so he's going to get it this month, and he's like, ah! Um... It's always exciting.
0: Another thing for iOS gamers to talk about free games. Yes, yes, I
4: downloaded. I'm excited.
0: The first episode of Telltale's uh, Game of Thrones is free on iOS right now. Oh. As is. uh, What was the other one? The first episode of Valiant Hearts. (laughs) So apparently, they've broken Valiant Hearts up into episodes on iOS. Um, and the first episode uh, is free right now in the App Store. So you got two um, free good games. It's like, yeah, bro, the first one's free um, to get you hooked so that you can uh, get
4: started with those.
0: So those are some free games. And it doesn't get better than uh, free for a deal for a
4: program gamer. Oh. No. Well, unless it's $14 for the Evil Within. I mean, you got to admit. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no,
0: he's joking. Please don't buy that game. <laughs> yes, I'm totally joking. Do not
2: buy don't the buy game. game. It's not worth $14. Not for $14. It's a terrible
0: not for 14 cents. Game. Uh, wait, it will be free soon through like uh, Xbox Live and PlayStation. When the Android. motherfuckers
2: pay me, I might pick that game. up.
0: <laughs>
2: so I'm not even that. using hard drive space for that. Mm-mm, i ain't wasting it. <laughs> My own is already half full. I don't know what happened. I didn't know there were that many games for the own. Mm, There's not. I don't know what happened either. (laughs) I don't don't know. It's all the the clips I recorded of us playing ball in (laughs) Destiny in the Tower. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Uh, All right. So um, that brings us to an end of episode 98. 98. 98. Oh Oh my God. God. And it's really hard for me to believe. Uh, you're
2: not about to say something you're not you're not you're not supposed to say. No, no no no. I'm just gonna say no. that by the time you've listened to this, there may be big shit going down on the site. So you should probably go look. That yeah. you can say. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say that other thing.
0: That you can say. So we surprises,
2: are surprises, big things happening.
0: So we are definitely working up to episode 100, which is going to be a fucking blast, man. <laughs>
3: um,
0: wow. Not um, not one to be missed at all. Yep. Um, it's going to be exciting. Um, so make sure you keep an eye out for that one. And episode 99 that's going to come before that one. Um, and definitely <laughs> by the time... <laughs> By the time you're listening to this, there's going to be all kinds of cool shit that you need to check the site for. Um, which means that I, I won't sleep tonight. <laughs> Thanks, Alicia. i sorry I offered to help. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, so there's going to be fun stuff. There's going to be fun stuff coming. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. Um, at NYM Gamer or as Alicia calls it Nim Gamer Nim Gamer you can follow you can like us on Facebook um, there's always our Tumblr NimGamer.tumblr um, there is our site which you should be visiting every single day for news and daily posts It's so NIM-Gamer. pretty now. It is and we did a site redesign since our last podcast if you have not seen this site get you there now because it's gorgeous um, that's what Alicia, Alicia and I spent our spring break doing. <laughs> um, was it our spring break or a kids' spring break?
2: I don't know. We did it at some point and it took a long time. <laughs> we didn't sleep or eat or do anything else.
0: So all kinds of fun stuff. Check it out. Um, and I'm missing something I was going to say. Words. Words, words. Do I, I don't word well. I don't word well. Um, so, yeah, follow us on all those different social media outlets um, and go to, please, I'm being bossy, please go to <laughs> iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you, uh, whatever you use to download us and um, our podcast and uh, leave a review, a narrative review. So clicking the little stars is great, but just leave a sentence or two about you know what things you think we do well Or well, you can even tell us what things we need to work on we'd love to hear more from you on that and you can always email us at uh, nimgamer@gmail.com, at gmail.com and we welcome those emails I think that covers everything sure sure all the things
2: Uh, we'll be back in two weeks if if you missed anything
0: if you miss anything we'll be back in two weeks to tell you all this again or you can just go to the site and all that information is there in various and assorted places um, in that beautiful new redesign check it out Uh, until next time peoples thank you for joining us for episode 98 and we look forward to seeing you
2: hearing you You hearing us. (laughs) Something's going to (laughs) happen.
0: In episode 99. So until then, stay warm, stay dry, have a drink, and as always, game on. Game on. on.